Okay, so I'm telling this story from a 14-year-old boy's perspective on a life that he never thought he could have. And it starts when him and his mom and dad and sister moved to Arizona. When the boy was two years old, he, he didn't have the best life. Not the best one at all. He was eating ramen every night. Microwavable mac and cheese. But his parents tried, you know. His parents would try and pretend like he had everything. And tried to hide the reality of marriage and marriage falling apart. But the boy was smart enough and clever enough to figure out what was really going on. And that took a while to get over. And... He eventually got over that after a big fight with his parents. His mom went to live with her family. And she took her two kids to live with her mom in North Carolina. And so they lived a normal life then. She signed him up for public school. And it was a normal life. And eventually... After a year or two, they ran into this man who was pretty tall, not so good looking. <laughs> he was nice, and I don't know the details. I don't know if they planned to meet up at the park. I don't know if they ran into each other, but I do know that it was supposed to happen, you know? It was meant to happen. I know it was meant to happen because... The second they met each other, I just, like, felt that something would come of it. I had no way of knowing what would come of it at all. I just knew that something was going to happen for the better. Even if there were struggles along the way, and there has been. He would... They eventually moved in, the mom and the two kids. They moved in with Nathan, and... It was a pretty small house for, like, eight people, you know? Because Nathan had a son, a daughter, and it was a lot of people. But he was building up his business as a carpenter. And he started working in his garage. And even before that, he was working with his dad. So he kind of took his dad's place and... Took his place for the better, of course. And he just kept getting better. He kept working harder. And my mom was a personal trainer, I think she was. My mom was a personal trainer. And she really, like... Liked the job because she got to work with people outside. She got to do a lot of stuff that other jobs don't... A lot of people in other jobs don't have the freedom to do, you know? But it wasn't paying well enough. But eventually she kept doing it. And Nathan got to the point where he saved up enough. And mom, and the mom saved up enough to buy a house in this very nice neighborhood called Riverstone. We moved into one of the bigger houses. 
in the neighborhood. We have some extra rooms in the house, some movie room, you know, it's average. But when I first moved in, there was one other kid there that was a skin color similar to mine. And it was kind of strange not seeing people of color. Because the boy, when he lived in Arizona, it was all people of color, especially in the schools. It was Hispanic people, black people. He was surrounded by a lot of culture, and his mom did the best she could, and he still is doing the best she can to expose him to that culture that he won't get in a place like this. So, he... Nathan, he kept building up his business. He eventually got his own place to do carpentry. He started hiring people to work for him. Kept getting more money, more money, more money. And my mom, she started putting effort, money, time, and dedication into real estate. And it took a while. It took like half a year. Or maybe a whole year. It definitely took a whole year. And she eventually became a real estate agent. And she's very recently starting to make a good amount of money. Because she just started. And she is already making a lot more than she would be making if she was still at uh, Forever Fitness. The personal training place. And... The boy, he made friends eventually through his brother. His brother and him got super close. Closer than family, you know? And it was like, it was amazing. It still is. And Champion started to start to know people through Mason. And at first it was the thought that he doesn't want to be known as Mason's brother, you know? But... He got over that very quickly because he didn't care what other people thought. He just knew who he was. And he eventually made friends in the neighborhood that could care less who he is and who he's related to. But as we started to live in Riverstone longer, more people started to fill in the houses. And not just any people... People of color, because when Champion first moved into the house in Riverstone, he there was only one other person of color there. So there was three people of color in the whole neighborhood, if we're counting only children. Him, his sister, and a boy named Jewel. And that boy moved out, and it was just him and his sister in the neighborhood. And she struggled with it, because you kind of feel alone in a way, you know? But I wasn't the best brother because I wasn't always, like, hanging out with her, having fun, you know. He would, he loved her with all of his heart and always said that, you know. But he never really showed it until very recently. And it took a lot to make that happen because he always thought that she thought he was a bad brother. But he's starting to realize that she knows he's a good brother. So he's willing to put in more. And back to the people of color in Riverstone. 
this boy couldn't be older than five. He plays football. His parents live in one of the smallest houses in Riverstone. It's is probably one of the smallest houses. And it has like if I were to put it in perspective, it was about the same size as the house we moved in before Riverstone. Cause they section the houses here by biggest to smallest and it goes like it goes it starts out wide at the entrance and slowly goes down into these smaller houses so he's at the complete other side of the neighborhood and around that time he moved in he started to get along and meet this woman named katie and her boyfriend named Bo. and he met them because they were friends with my his mom and when he started to get to know them he started to get more comfortable around them and he started to go work out at their gym and he did that for a, week, a couple weeks and turned into a couple like months and at that around that time he started working out coincidentally katie started t- tutoring champion and so they got along but as champion was working out she would come in and tell him stories about what people have done and said to the boy next door and people say that in a couple years you got to keep in mind this boy is not older than six seven years old so people would tell him that and it's behind their back too so it's a different kind of pain when people aren't saying it to your face that he would be a threat in a couple of years or he's going to turn out bad and it's going to be he's going to be a bad kid for no reason because this kid hasn't developed anything yet he hasn't developed a way to handle people saying that and like all parents his parents are going to protect him from that and i think that's part of the reason why they moved to riverstone but he started to get along with Champion and because it's another person of color in that neighborhood. And he would come over, they'd throw football sometimes, he'd see him at the pool, they'd hang out, and they would get to know each other. And he like looked up to Champion and so he felt like he had to show him the ropes in a way, you know? He had to be something that champion wasn't because champion wasn't the best kid in the world he was just some kid who moved into riverstone recently so he sh- he told him things and didn't tell him directly because you don't want to tell a kid these facts you know that's that's they don't know how to handle it so he would just be like like, stay strong. Don't listen to what people say. Keep doing. Keep playing football. You got, you got a future. You're starting out at a good time. You know, it's the little stuff that builds people up and gain the confidence to not let what people say affect them in a way that it should. So, as they, as he lived there longer, he noticed that more people started to fill in the empty houses in Riverstone. And not just any people. People of color. There were already 
a few Asian people there, but more African people and black people were moving in and they were moving into normal big houses compared to the other houses in Riverstone. And we'll talk about why they're, they were moving in there at the time in a different podcast. But right now we're talking about just the general perspective of things. And now we're at the point where we're at the present. And you don't know what's going to happen. And it's hard to... Because these kids just want to live life. But there's a fine line between living life and having fun and being smart and having precautions, you know, being safe. Because, like, Champion would sneak out of the house at night and hang out with his friends. And when he first started doing it, he thought he had nothing to worry about, you know. Because you're in Riverstone. You go from this place that was very spread out from people. Nothing really ever happened. To a place where you think would nothing would ever happen. Because the place you're living in. People don't need to do what other people need to do to survive and live, you know. So he didn't worry about that. But eventually his mom told him and taught him that people don't really change in that way just because of a place they live and that people come to this neighborhood to take what we have. Not in that way, but like people who take stuff off your porch. It happens all the time here. It's just a fact, you know. People come here and take your stuff. And what if those people get caught? Like you get seen by those people and... They you, they say something to you, and what if they're kind of people that don't care who you are? They'll pull a gun on you. What if they're dangerous people? You don't know them. It's nighttime, man. But one day, Champion went outside, passed his curfew. His parents were asleep. Went out the back door with his friends, his brother, and two friends. Three friends, actually. And they went to go play basketball and have races outside. We weren't doing anything wrong, specifically. Like, we weren't doing anything bad, you know? We, we were doing all the things we do during the day. But that's not really the point. Someone called in a noise complaint and an officer showed up. And Champion decided he would do the talking and... He stepped up to the officer and um, the officer said, he, he was nice, he was a nice officer. He came up and was like, so you guys just playing basketball? And Champion was like, yeah, we're just running races and playing basketball. And he was like, well, you guys done? And everyone there knew that it's, are you guys done? Is like a hidden meaning for you guys got to be done or else then this is going to turn into something that it doesn't need to be. And Champion knew that. So he said, if you want us to be, absolutely, we'll go home now. And he said, he ended it with, the officer ended the conversation with, um, I don't mind, but other people do. So Champion shook his hand and said, thank you for being so cool about this and came home and... 
he was there and everyone was just thinking about like it was crazy because we're young you don't expect to get the cops called on you for playing basketball and playing football and running around you know you don't expect that but it took that to realize that it's not necessarily safe out there even though where you live is safe it's It's you don't want to get put in a situation where something bad can turn out of it. Nothing like just because nothing specifically may happen to you doesn't mean that something couldn't become of the situation. Something could happen. And just the possibility that it could happen sunk in with Champion and he realized that he shouldn't be doing things like that because it's dangerous. What if what ifs there's times where you do think about what ifs and don't. And that is the definite time to do think about it. And he did. And it took an officer getting called on him and noise complaints to realize that he should behave and do what his parents tell him to the first time. Because it wasn't the first time his parents told him not to go out. But he came back and slept and woke up to his mom, like, shaking him and being like, you need to wake up now. And Champion kind of was freaking out a little bit because he didn't know what happened. I mean, he was just waking up, like, real suddenly, you know? And so you go down the stairs, and you're thinking, like, whoa, what is this about? Like, this could be about anything. Don't freak out. But he kept a straight face and was just thinking about what could have happened the whole time. And he... It was like, you you don't know what the parents are going to say. So it's like the anticipation. You don't know what's going to be said. You don't know what's going to happen. And she said... She simply asked, were you guys out last night? And Champion paused for at least five seconds and was like, he, that gave him enough time to think about why she would be saying this. She wouldn't be saying this if she didn't have a reason to. So he just looked at her and said, yes, we were outside. And he didn't lie because him and his mom just had a conversation about lying. That is the worst thing you can do to my mom. She, if you get a punishment and then lie about it your punishment goes from for example like a five to a freaking 100 lying is the worst thing you could do to her and to anyone because the only thing you have is your word and if you can't trust your word what do you have because she said if it comes down to the situation where someone points a finger at you and says something that you did who is that person going who's mom gonna believe the person who said you did something or you and so it took time for those concepts to think sink in you know it took a lot of time like three years in living in this neighborhood but he kept living like normally and just does what he usually does but Obviously, he was in trouble, so he couldn't hang out with his friends. He almost didn't go to go to basketball practice at first, and it was a lot, you know, because he wants to be able to do these things and hang out with his friends during the day. And when you take away something that someone wants to do, that just makes them want to do it more. That, like, that thought of, I can't hang out with them during the day, but you're asleep, so I can hang out with them. But that's not right. Not because I don't want to, 
but because he knows his parents don't want him to. So he won't. So he just has to wait two weeks and then he can be with his friends again and have fun. But for now, he's just bored and doesn't know what to do. All he does with his time now is sleep, watch TV, and play basketball. Especially because basketball tryouts are coming out and coming up in a couple of years. I mean, a couple of months, three weeks, I think. I don't know. And so he's dedicating sports to basketball mainly right now. But he does other sports. He's a martial artist. He runs track. He could play baseball, but he doesn't. And he's trying to decide what he should dedicate his athleticism to. And he's still in the process of figuring that out. And the point of, like, saying all this isn't to be, like, have a meaning or a lesson. I'm just saying all this so you can take it in and learn from... Learn what you heard. Take away what you want to take away from it, you know? Don't... I'm not going to tell you what to learn from this. Take away what you want to learn. Listen and just think about everything, you know? There's no specific lesson other than what you think is in it, you know? I don't know. I'm just saying, it's like... Take away what you want to take away from it. 